Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and I am here for week three of the Alchemy of Reiki. I hope that you have been enjoying this series. Um, Thank you again to all the beautiful alchemists that gave me the opportunity to have these discussions with them. It's always interesting to me to hear the stories of how Uh, people come into this work and the impact that it has on their lives, what they learn about themselves, and then also all of the various ways that um, people decide to share, um, whether it be through their practice, their work, or just again in their everyday life. So we're going to get the party started, keep it going actually, (laughs) with a beautiful alchemist named Adrian Bentley. So Adrian and I had a really fun discussion, uh, <laughs> as always with all of the alchemists. She and I discussed a bit about ancestral healing, um, being an expression of Reiki, and even the power of community and vulnerability. She really has taken a beautiful journey with allowing herself to be more vulnerable in so many ways, which we'll talk about. Um, how Reiki and that practice has tied into that. Um, She also shares some um, information with us about um, the experience of abuse and how this work in her practice has played a part in working through those layers as well. So we have a very uh, deep and beautiful conversation She's a beautiful alchemist. She's an entrepreneur. She's also a veterinarian nurse. She is a swim coach. Uh, There are so many um, beautiful ways that she is expressing herself out in the world and through the work that she does. So I hope that you enjoy this third installment of the Alchemy of Reiki series and find some inspiration in what is shared. I just want to let you know if you would like to connect with Adrienne, whether through her website or Instagram, you can do that. The links are always down in the show description for every alchemist that I interview. If you want to share with them any insights or aha moments that come up for you on the podcast, if you'd like to ask them more about their practice and their journeys, if you would like to check out their work or even work with them. So for Adrienne, you can find her on Instagram at Adrian Bentley underscore, or you can find her on Facebook at Empowering You, the letter U, the number four, and then Life, Empowering You for Life. Um, again, all of her contact information will be down in the show description. And just to let you know, if you are interested in joining us in the Alchemy Circle, you can find more information about that on my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. As always, I thank you for being here, and I will see you on the other side. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Reiki Radio. And today, we get to have a conversation with the beautiful energetic alchemist, Adrian. Welcome to the show, my love. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome, everybody. Let's have some fun. <laughs> yes, let's have some fun. And that's really what this is all about. So um, we were discussing even prior um, how these conversations are really meant to support other practitioners on their path. And with that, you know, we just want to get to know you today, Adrian. the work that you do, a little bit of your background. 
But I want to start with um, asking you a bit about Reiki and what led you into spiritual practice, just because, you know, that's always an interesting thing to hear from others. Oh. You know, it's interesting, like I'm not really sure where or what particular moment actually got me started. Um, I do remember a conversation with my sister, probably, I don't know, over Thanksgiving dinner, maybe four years ago. And she said to me, you've always been searching for something. And at that point in time, I was like, what is she, what does she mean? Like I was always searching for something. And then I just was having some health issues and, you know, it was, my face was just breaking out. I had no idea why I wasn't stressed. I didn't think I was stressed and um, it led me down to essential oils. And then after essential oils, I was like, there's gotta be more, there's gotta be more. And then all of a sudden, like you put in Google search and then all of a sudden Reiki started coming up. And I was like, I think I remember a girlfriend of mine telling me that she went to New York for Reiki because she was having some medical issues. And I was like, oh. I'm going to reach out into this. And then energy kept hitting me, the word energy. And I, I started to notice my relationship with energy. You know, I was thinking, you know, energy is just, you know, plug it into the wall, you know, electrical, you know, that's all there was to it. And then I started searching for just more information about it. And um, I guess I, I really need to be thankful for Google search because I, in my head, I thought Reiki and must have put something in. And then all this stuff kept coming to me about Reiki. And I'm like, well, how do I choose? And then I, I run onto somebody's website and it said, you know what? Everybody's got a different path and you choose the one that resonates with you. So I was like, all right, I closed it down. And then um, the next day I came back and I was like, all right, I'm going to look for one. And I, I opened it up and sure enough, it was somebody who was by the, by the water, which I love being by the water, um, down in an area that was going to allow me like an hour of process time back and forth. Um, and I'm not one that's afraid to just jump into something different um, and deeply, like I was just ready to jump in. So I, I just, I sent her an email and I just said, I'm, I'm very interested. I really don't know what it's all about, but I just would like to know more. And that, that's, that's really how it all got started. I just wanted to be more holistic in everything. And um, people pushing pills at me just wasn't um, attractive to me. So I wanted to see how I could heal myself. Yeah. And, you know, it's interesting because a lot of people do say, like, you know, there was something going on with them at the time that this kind of um, entered their life or came onto their radar, well, you know, could say it like that. And I, I just want to know, like now in hindsight, looking at where you may have been just personally, whatever was going on for you, how you may have been feeling at the time, what was going on in your mind, what is the difference that you've noticed between you prior to the work and where you sit now in your process? Oh my goodness. There's <laughs> A to Z, like 50 million times. Um, the difference, um, I would definitely wake up in the mornings thinking, okay, what is the purpose today? What, what is the purpose? Yeah, I'm going to this job and I'm just doing this little circle and it's Monday through Friday, but still, you know, and then Sunday comes and you're like, oh, here I go again. And I was, I was just like, what is the purpose? There's got, there's got to be a purpose to why I'm here. It's just, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. And then it was like, well, it's not really my passion, what I'm doing. Can I, could that ever be incorporated together? And fast forward now, it's more about um, 
seeing the purpose in everything, experiencing everything. Um, back then it was like, I have no idea how to be present. I idolized people that could be present. I idolized people that could um, be still. Hmm. I've, I've always been able to be quiet and not make sounds and just watch and observe, but be still and at peace. I didn't see that within me and I always admired it. And I was like, well, I don't know why I couldn't get it but I didn't know how to get to it. I didn't know the process of how to get to it. And um, now when I look back, it's it's simple, but it's not easy. So, (laughs) and I think that the not easy part is you really have to let go of that stuff that you've been telling yourself and being told and just keep it nice and just simple like childlike way back in the child and just look at everything and see literally see everything and 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 trust that it's all just going to happen yeah well this is the thing because I know exactly what you're talking about but I want to dig a little deeper with you because some people like we don't know where they are in their practice right and there are a lot of people who again just like you they may have like googled reiki and then they come into learning, you know, taking a class or having a session. And there's this association that, you know, meditation is just like sitting and trying to still the mind or Reiki is just like laying on the table and laying of the hands. But even from what you described, you were seeking peace, which a lot of us are ultimately trying to find, right? And so you come into these different practices. And now, just from even what you described, it's like, okay, so now she's in her awareness, she's being mindful. So could you just break it down a little bit for people listening? How did the practices within the system of Reiki or the practices within meditation or whatever it is that you do, what did these techniques really open up for you? Like, what did they teach you about how you're living in? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you apply these into your daily life? So you asked a whole bunch of questions there, but they were really good <laughs> questions. Um, I think I, I know what attracted me to it is there's no right or wrong. There just is. And um, once I got over the, well, I'm still learning or I have to reach for this or the higher, I've got to reach for the higher. And it's not, it's be the higher. So once I got over that hurdle, And it's all about just being, being Reiki, being meditative, um, being at peace. Then it was either easier for me to grasp onto it. Definitely went through ups and downs, but for the meditation part of it, it, again, when there's no right or wrong. So for me, I I definitely went through the whole stage where I was beating myself up where I didn't get to sit for 10, 15 minutes in the morning before I started my day. It's like, wait a minute, you can sit right now. And I remember the beginning, like your first podcast, it was like, if it's safe to do so and you're not driving, go ahead and close your eyes. And I was like, who in the world is going to meditate while they're driving? Okay. And now you do. (laughs) And now I do. And it was more, it, it, for me, it's about, it's not taking time. It's being with the time, being with the experience and just a few moments, maybe before you turn on the TV, just whenever, look at the numbers on the clock. If 11, 11, 11 comes, just 
and just take it, take a moment and breathe. And it's not for, I, I teach people how to meditate as well. So I tell them it's not so much about quieting your mind. It's about focusing on the breath. So in the very beginning, I teach them to focus on what it feels like when it comes right into your nose, as it passes through the hair and it goes down into your lungs. So, and then they kind of, oh my God, that was so easy to do. And then, you know, we kind of bring it out a little bit further, but I think a lot of people think, oh, you got to be quiet. You got to quiet the mind. You got to do this. And you really don't have to. I think it's a choice of what you decide to listen to. If you want to take that moment and be an active meditation and work with your analyzer, do that as well. But just take the moments to connect. For me, it's the connection with the self. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah, know if so that's a question. Well, I'll, I'll follow up with the second part of that, but I like what you shared. I mean, it sounds like a big part of your practice and what you even teach others to do is to be more mindful of how they're directing the mind. I mean, again, like if we drop the label of meditation and we just explain to people the process of just sit for a moment, sit and breathe and just be consciously aware of how you are directing the mind. It's like those, those moments of sitting then translate into how we can direct the mind in everyday life. And to your point can also then start to help us become actively engaged in our state of peace, which is a beautiful thing. And so then we have the element of Reiki, um, which you also practice in our Reiki um, master teacher. I, again, wanna kind of like crack it open for people who um, are wondering how to integrate more of their practice into their life. So when you think about the system of Reiki itself, even the elements within it and how you work with these different techniques and tools, what stands out to you within the system of Reiki? And then how does that in particular integrate into just your everyday life? Again, I, I think what, stand, what stands out for me is how easy it is. It really is. Once I learned how to bring my mind into that active state of just being Reiki, mm-hmm. I do everything with Reiki. Mm-hmm. And my intention first thing in the morning is I do a scan of my body. And then I said, our intention is to be Reiki all day long, whether I'm cooking or whether you know I'm, I'm playing with the dog, whether I'm writing, it's just the intention is to just be Reiki. And I kind of try to explain to people <laughs> It's the UPS. I'm so sorry. Doggy break number two. It's okay. <laughs> okay, go ahead, my love. So, um, like I was saying, I try. I bring Reiki into every situation, every experience, and 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 if, when I try to explain to people what being Reiki actually is, I break it down into like everything is energetic. Everything has energy around it. Everything has atoms around it, and how I choose to be the experience for somebody else for me is being Reiki. And um, I don't know if I explained that right, but I would tell my swimmers all the time, watch what you say to people because you never know how that word is going to affect them. And it could be just as simple as good morning and you looking at them and saying good morning and them recognizing, oh, somebody sees me. Mm -hmm. And then 
when, by you seeing them, they decide not to take that next step, which is something that may hurt them. Mm-hmm. I've, I've actually had somebody say to me, if you didn't say hello to me today, I don't know where I would have been. I don't know if I would have been here. So when I, I say it that way to people so that they understand that when you process things and when you put it out there and you do it in such a way that you just want the highest and best good for everybody. And sometimes it's hard. I tr- trust me. There's sometimes I, you want my highest and best good. Oh, oh no. But when you put that highest and best you out there, it just, it, it's like a ripple in the water. You're like throwing that rock in the water and it just goes around. And so when I explain it, that way to people, they tend to understand what I'm saying. And that tends to be like, not so, well, I don't understand what Reiki is. And it's just like, it's, first of all, you need to relax because there's no right and wrong. As what I'm bringing to you is for your highest and best good. And what I just want to exchange it with you. And that's it. And it might not be for you to understand right now, but some part of you, whether it's your higher self, that's right above, way above you, or just right above your crown, it's going to be just received. And at and, and some point in time, when it's received, it will come back in a full circle to you. Okay. So it sounds like for you, the, the process of being Reiki is really having like this mindfulness and kind of just letting your expression be intentfully loving. Yeah. So a big part of your practice then is being mindful of how you are engaging with the world, how you are communicating with others and this type of thing. And it's interesting, um, you expressing it that way reminds me a lot of the Gokai. Yeah. So I just even want to talk to you about that for um, just a moment, because the Reiki Gokai, the Reiki principles, a lot of times it's something that is taught, but people don't necessarily really take it in Mm -hmm. as a part of the practice. So can you talk a little bit about how the Gokai Um, or even Reiki symbol, whatever it may be, like within the system that have highlighted for you this expression of being, this expression of loving intent and loving action. How how did these elements guide you there? Initially, it was definitely a mantra, just over and over saying the mantra. And I really connected to them a lot more when we learned them in Japanese with you. Um, to me, it was like, okay, I'm learning a new language and I'm learning a new relationship to these, these gokai, these do not anger, you know, do not worry. And I was learning a new relationship with them um, and not attaching anything to the word discipline. Discipline was, was the one that was like, I gotta be disciplined. What you are, what discipline? Like, I come from down south family, and discipline was not something that was good, you know. Like, you you get disciplined, you're you, you didn't do something right, and so now I just associated that with the word. So, what I've learned through the Gokai and through learning it in Japanese, I had to translate that. So I learned to translate the words differently too. So the word discipline wasn't, you're getting disciplined because you did something bad. It's the word discipline and what it is that you want to carry through and what it is that you want to project out. No, I really, really love that. And like, really, again, um, that mindfulness that keeps popping up into like all that you're sharing, this mindfulness of how these different elements of practice just express through how we show up and how we behave so that our Reiki 
practice isn't just relegated to Reiki sessions, although that's a beautiful space as well. So, but it is, it just comes out in your expression. Now, I want to ask you about that in practice, right? Because like a lot of practitioners do have some um, questioning about, ooh, how do I be? And how do I set up? And what am I supposed to focus on? And, you know, there's a lot of pressures that we may put on ourselves of doing it right. You mentioned before, like the pressures that we may put on ourselves. So I want to talk to you a little bit about that. When you first started out, were you putting any pressure on yourself? What was that about? And then how is that different than how you're practicing now in your holding space for others in session or class? You know what? Oh, the pressure. There was a lot. Of, I put a lot of pressure on myself and it started with the Reiki, the very first class. And um, I didn't resonate with the way that we had to do the hands on for ourselves. It didn't make, it didn't resonate with me. And I didn't have anywhere to ask questions because the, there was no community around. And then that's where you came in. Um, and then it was like, you know, there's no right or wrong. And that's what kept coming through. There's no right and wrong. But when I first started offering Reiki to other people, even my own family members, it was like, well, I'm supposed to start at the head and then I'm supposed to work my way down. And then if I feel anything, I'm supposed to stay there and I'm going to be called to wherever. Wait a minute, who's going to call me and what's going to, and I was just like, okay. So that's when I started looking. I, the connection, I needed to have more of a connection. I needed to dive deeper into the connection with Reiki. So that's when I went into level two. And even, even the way that I was taught level two, I was like, well, you know, I know as a swim coach that people hear things differently and it translates differently to them. So they, I knew there was going to be other ways to learn it, other ways to do it, other ways to express it. And so I always was looking for just, okay, the point of this is, the point of this is, and it's the connection, the point of this is, and, and whatever it was, that's what I stayed focused on. That's what I like highlighted a lot. And then whatever brought me to that connection. So at first I was definitely, okay, well, the right way to do it is this, 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 and this. And now when I do it, it's like, sometimes I choose to start at the feet and I just want to put my hands on them and just ground them. And I use that as a time to ground myself as well, in addition to calling in my directions, because I resonate with calling in my directions. Um, so it's for anybody out there that's like, well, I, I, this person did it this way and that way and this way. If you like it, then go ahead and do it that way. If you don't do what resonates with you, but always have the highest and best intent for the other and have that connection, know what the foundation is. Um, I'm, I'm a true believer that there's layers upon layers upon layers. Mm -hmm. So that pressure that I put on myself in the beginning, it, I, I feel it every once in a while I'm getting ready to sit down for meditation. And then I light my candles and I say, whatever I'm going to say about my candles and whatever I, whatever intent I have for the candles. And then the strike of the match, just, just the sound of the strike of the match sets me into the mood of meditation or sets me into the mood of putting myself in a deeper connection. Yeah. So it sounds like, again, like that um, mindfulness, <laughs> but even having a bit of ritual for yourself to make sure that you are in a particular state of being before holding space for others. And I think that's another huge thing um, that we learn along the way 
um, the importance and the influence of what our state of being is before holding space for another person. And again, you know, we can revert back to the Bokai and the different elements that we learn within the system of Reiki that help us with not just holding that space for others, but more importantly, how we are holding space and managing ourselves. So I love that, Adrian. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that about the ritual, because that's definitely something that it prepares me physically to make that connection mentally. So that's how I use it. Yeah. And that I love that you bring up too. There's like this mental preparation, physical preparation, even emotional preparation, (laughs) you know, it's all the different layers. And that's the other thing too. Like we may often just associate, you know, energy work with like, oh, creating a peacefulness, calmness, relaxation in the body. But what we find is it, you know, it starts in our mind, our mind, our um, peace of mind, like how we get into that state. And so I wanted to talk to you about this um, as well, as you mentioned community. And I know like when I first started, I didn't have any community and I was kind of just bumping against the wall of like, "Ah, am I doing this right? Like, who do I talk to? And that tends to be um, the experience for a lot of people because after class, there may not be other people in your life that you can talk it out with, so to speak. So could you talk about what that's like? Like, what is it like? Why did you even, why were you even seeking community or were you, did you just happen to come across it? And then how has that also added to your practice in any way? Um, I've always been a believer of who you surround yourself with is where you're going to go. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to surround myself with people that were of, of a like under, like mind or like searching as well. And um, I knew I needed to, it's a different language. When I, I, it's a different language. It definitely is a different language and you appreciate words differently and you speak words differently. Like, um, you know, just for example, discipline, you know, just, you just experience it differently and I wanted to be around like people that were looking to experience it differently as well um so that's what brought me into looking for community and also when you're around like 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 like-minded people I feel for me it makes me want to practice it more it Mm. makes me want to learn it more so Someone like if you're an athlete, you're going to hang around with other athletes because you guys are of an athletic mindset. So I wanted that kind of around me and I couldn't find it. And it was like, well, how do I find? And I think I just mentioned it to, to a, my one of my assistant coaches. She was like podcast, podcast. And she kept coming up with this word podcast. And I'm like, I don't what is that even? She goes, well, it's kind of like reading a book, but they talk you through it. And I'm like, like an audio book. And she's like, no. And I was like, all right, I'll look into it, but I I don't know. And she goes, but you can reach so many other people. And I was like, okay, I'll look into it. So I don't know what made me do it, but I decided to jump into a podcast and I was listening to a podcast, I think on essential oils. And then I was like, you know what? Let me just put in Reiki. Let me just see what comes up. And then I put in the word and I don't know. I was like, okay, okay. And the first one I listened to, I, I didn't resonate with. And then I clicked on yours just because I loved the background. I was like, look at those colors. <laughs> Don't ask me, <laughs> whatever, colors speak to me. 
and I clicked on it. And then after I listened and I was just like, oh my goodness, oh my, perfect. More, 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 more. And then um, I think there was a little bit of a hiatus and I was like, oh no, where do I find, where do I find more? Where do I find more? But, and then I jumped onto the website because I was, I would always be listening in the car. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to go onto the website. I'm going to go into it. And then life got in the way and I didn't go onto the website. And the next time I'm listening in the car and then would you just go on the website? I'm like, okay. And then I just made them take the moment, went onto the website and then there was more information. I was like, yes, oh my God, this is perfect. And jumped right in and felt right at home and having that community and it, it helps with the layers of awakening because there's different layers, there's different stages, just like there's different stages of grief. And it really helps with those layers, going through those layers, because I was definitely feeling like, well, how come I have to be higher than everybody else? And I've got to think the specific way. And I've got to think unicorns and rainbows and love. And they don't have to, because that is definitely not unicorns, rainbows and love. <laughs> I can see what she's shooting out of her mouth and it looks like daggers to me. But having that community to kind of like talk through it and kind of joke around with it and, and that community that also was like, well, you know, I know what you're feeling and I feel it too a lot of times, but this is how I deal with it. Or this is, well, what if you try this or what if you try, and just somebody to giggle with about it. So that community has been huge for me. And I've made so many jumps just by being within the community and experiencing the way that they experience. And sometimes they say the words that I can't say. Yeah. They speak. Yes. That's exactly what I was trying to say. So that type of community, it was, it, it was all meant to be. And I realized it was all meant to be. And I'm just so eternally grateful for it. So community is huge. Community. Listen, is we are eternally grateful to have you in the alchemy circle because I mean, you are so open and so vulnerable with your sharing, which is invaluable and, you know, even just listening to you share what you just did it, you know, I, um, events that we have together are like flashing through my head. And I want to talk about this a little bit because there is this part of, I think when we come into the work, we may be seeking peace, right? But what a lot of people don't necessarily know is once you start doing the work, there is the, the, um, the presentation of shadow, <laughs> that is going to arise. And you do start to recognize different aspects of you and your behaviors and all of these different things that maybe you weren't really consciously paying attention to in the past, but now here it all comes. And so, yes, while it may feel good to like sit and meditate and breathe and blah, then now all of a sudden you're contending with these aspects of you that you're like, oh shit, this is what, oh, oh, well, this has been there, right? And then, so... It can be very challenging, again, to sometimes navigate that by ourselves, but then we decide, okay, I'm going to come into community. So I'm thinking of you very specifically, of course. So you come into the alchemy circle and you were very vulnerable in your sharing, but even how you have transformed within that space has been an interesting journey to watch. So I want to ask you about that for people who are considering like maybe I need to go to Reiki circles or maybe I need to find community and blah, 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 blah. Can you talk a little bit about that element of vulnerability and like even the gifts and challenges of sharing 
ourselves with others as we're working through whatever our personal layers may be? Um, yeah, I remember in the beginning, I used to cry a lot and I had to be, I, somebody had, I think it was you that had to say, you know, that's shifting. So I had to change my perception of crying. It is shifting. It's shedding. Yes. And that part of it where I was like, okay, I'm crying. I'm doing all this crying all the time. And I'm so sorry. It's like, okay, I'm shedding. I'm sh- I need to shed that. I need to shed that. And that's okay. And so it became, well, wow. Okay. So they didn't, because why are you crying? What's up with that? And it wasn't, it was like, it's okay. It was okay. It was made okay to shed, to cry. So I started to look at at it differently, which allowed me to be more vulnerable. Because the first time for me, I was like, I can't believe you're going to cry. I can't help. And it was like, okay, just let it go. Just let it, it's going to, it is what it is. And with that affirmation or with that okay or with that nurturing that came from community from everyone and that allowed me to be more vulnerable so the the making it okay and then the vulnerability it was just hand in hand so and not you know, sometimes you have those relationships where they're, you know, you're vulnerable with them and they're like, oh, it's all right. It's all right. But then later on, you know, well, you're the one that did that. And it's like, okay, well, I guess I can't be vulnerable with them anymore. It didn't, it wasn't like that. And it was a different level of comfort. And I like being on the edge of discomfort a little bit. I know that's probably the Scorpio part of me. So being on that edge felt good, but at the same time, that first, I don't know, first couple months of vulnerability. And I, I think if we weren't doing Reiki every day, then I think I would have definitely been in more judgment of myself. Of You're constantly crying, girl, you got to stop this crying. It was like, you're moving stuff, you're moving stuff. Um, so that to me made the vulnerability just so much easier. And then when you were talking before about how, um, the mirroring kept coming up and how, you know, like I could see that my higher self was saying something and my lower self was like, girl, we're going to do it this way. Or (laughs) even how I said something. And then the mirror response back from my significant other, my husband was like, well, that wasn't what I expected. And if it goes like this, now I can feel, Ooh, okay. Let me, let me go back and do a retake on that one. Retakes are so important. Yeah. And that's one of the things too. I mean, just listening to you share that as well. I mean, it's, it has been interesting watching your journey, of course, but also I have to say you being so open and vulnerable in the group has really allowed, I think, encouraged or even inspired others to feel safe in their openness, their vulnerability. And on the other side of the fence, um, again, just an observation, I'm sure that openness that you allowed for yourself is also part of the reason why you're kind of like a mother hen in the group and very also supportive of other people as they are cracking open and um, falling into their vulnerable spaces as well. And it is a beautiful, it is a beautiful thing. You know how, how much I love (laughs) our group work and all of the things that we do. But I want to ask you about this as well, because I also know, obviously, um, being able to work with you uh, and what a gift it has been um, 
that you practice several things. And we even explore different things together in the alchemy circle. But a lot of people, once they, whatever is their introduction into self-work, right? Whether it was Reiki, meditation, yoga, whatever it was, it usually uh, opens their curiosity up to what else is out there, right? So then you may start learning different techniques. Um, I know that you also do animal Reiki, which I wanna talk to you about in a moment. And you mentioned the essential oils. I know that you are big on tarot now. All of these different things, these tools that you start to learn and then a lot of people come to like, oh God, how do I use all of it? How do I integrate all of it? What do I do? But how did that work for you? Like, do you put that pressure on yourself or how do you work with all the things that you work with? Um, I definitely put pressure in the beginning because I wanted to be the expert in everything. I need to know, I need to know now and it needs to be immediate and I need to be an expert. But now. I consider myself an alchemist and an alchemist is like a carpenter. An alchemist is like a chemist. An alchemist is like, it, it could be, it's anything. And I have so many different tools in my toolbox and some of them I know how to use very well. And some of them I need to brush up on when I choose, when it comes to me, you need to brush up on that one. Or maybe you need, we could tweak this a little bit or use that. But the other thing is don't, hold attachments to trying to be the expert on something because um, there's no need to be. Yeah. And once you think you know everything about something, and then you kind of fall out of the whole, the, you just fall out of it. Yeah. So for me, I, I know that I have them and I'm constantly being introduced with more. I, I, I'm loving crystals. I'm loving shells. Shells have just recently fallen into my lap and just using them as they're my tools. They're just my tools. I'm an alchemist and I'm allowed to use whatever tools I have and learn about as many as I want and use them as well. No, that's beautiful. And again, I think that probably there's a sigh of relief for some people listening of like, oh, I really can um, use what I feel called to because some people wonder like, is it okay that I have these multiple interests or this or that? So with you mentioning this, I have to ask you this as well with the different tools that you learned or that you work with, what have they revealed to you about you? So let's just go with a couple of them. So what has Reiki revealed to you about you? Meditation, crystals, and tarot. Hmm. I think, well, I'll go, I'll go backwards. So tarot has revealed to me that it's okay to trust your intuition. It's definitely mm. there. It's their girlfriend. Just trust it. Um, crystals have revealed to me that you will always be in a state of learning. <laughs> you will always be in a state of learning um, because there's so many different types of crystals. And it also has really enhanced my ability to look for the beauty in everything. Because some of them that I was like, oh, I don't like that one. It's not smooth. But then when I look at it, it's a oh, wow. Can, can you even imagine like how long this has been in the earth and what its initial stage was and what it has now turned into? I can't even, 
imagine that. And all the different people that have walked across the earth where this crystal might have been and all their experiences, their footprints have now made this crystal. I'm going to cry. That's <laughs> now made this crystal into what it is and what it can do. I, okay. So anyway, that's crystals. Um, meditation. Meditation has taught me that I can do it. Meditation has taught me to love myself. And it started with my voice because, well, I don't know if I, I'm going to say it anyway. All my friends are like, you're the black, you're the whitest black girl I've ever met. So even on the phone, like I was in customer service, I was the facility director of, of a health club. I was in very, very high standing. And so people would come and they would meet me and they'd go, oh, well, we're looking for Adrian. And they would come and I'm like, that's me. But my voice did not project I guess what I looked like for some reason. So I always had this thing about what my voice sounded like. I didn't want it on the voicemail because like, ugh, my voice, my voice. But meditation has, has brought me to a connection and an appreciation for my voice because my meditations, people say they're amazing. I'm like, okay, well, thank you. But I, it was just, okay, I just have what my intent is. My intent in this meditation is just to heal, get you to breathe and get you to recognize that you can do that breath at any point in time. That's your choice. And really feel it going down into your throat. That's what meditation did for me. Reiki. Oh, and I'm just getting chills, just, just saying Reiki. Reiki connected me to my ancestors. It's definitely ancestral. And I can feel that it, I don't know if anybody in the family ever did it, but I can feel that it's definitely something that's been in my bloodline and my DNA for a very long time. So it brought me to a connection with my ancestral. That is really beautiful. So many things. Okay. With the meditation and it connecting to your voice, it's interesting to hear you say that. I mean, it's like a mirror of my experience with it as well. It really was meditation that, um, that also caused me to be more um, comfortable with my voice. Cause you know, my voice was like, bing, 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 like it sounds like people think I sound like a child, but it's funny too. You mentioning like people having a different impression of like, you know, based on stereotypes and these things. Cause I've encountered that as well. Um, but yeah, it's like just this beauty within the practice that does let you reclaim you in so many ways, like forget what they think or what they say, like I'm coming into this beautiful relationship with myself. And that in of itself is such a powerful, powerful gift. And I think a lot of us prior to doing the work may not even be fully aware of the ways that we are disengaged from ourselves or not in full claiming of who we are in um, our own expression. Um, the ancestral, of course, too, I know that this comes up for a lot of people and like, yeah, it is amazing that there's this, this level of clarity that comes through our practice that really brings into awareness all of these layers that have always been present. We just may not have been tuned into it. And now all of a sudden, I'm practicing mindfulness and directing my mind and using my breath and starting to come into relationship with my intuition. And it illuminates the support in all forms that has always been there. And that 
it's such a beautiful thing that I love. Now I want to back up a little bit because um, and talk a little bit about you personally before we go, because you mentioned your love of being near water. You kind of shared a blip of being a swim coach. And you're also a mother of four, four girls. I can't imagine. I don't even want to ask you about how you navigated the teen years for four. But I want to ask you about these other expressions in your life and what your practice has done to support you in these relationships because you're married, again, mother of four. So you have these different personalities through your daughters. You are a swim coach. So you have the different personalities with the swim team. You have all of these. Oh, and you're a veterinary um, nurse. Like, <laughs> throw that in the mix. So you are actively engaged with the animals and like the fear that these poor babies must be in when they come into the vet, right? So I know that was a lot to say, but I mean, you have a lot going on. How does your practice, how has it helped with navigating all of these other expressions of your everyday life? You can go piece by piece. I know I throw a lot at you. <laughs> How does my practice? My, my practice has reminded me that every experience is practice. Okay. So whether it's something that's going on at, at the hospital or whether or not it's at home, whatever it is, my practice has reminded me that it's all practice. So mm -hmm when you know things blow up at the hospital and things are going nuts and crazy i just breathe and then everybody else just takes the breath as well i don't tell them i don't need to they just do it and some days i'm like i can't believe i have to go to work today but it's like no i get to practice and when you get to practice with the unexpected stuff that's coming yeah. at you Oh, it makes the expected stuff so much easier. Like it's like, oh girl, you got this. And then it's just able to just explain it and and flow with it. Um, but no, there's there's definitely times when it's like I and I get Buddha and I take Buddha and I put it in my mouth and I'm like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just need a moment. Just a moment. I definitely throw the word interesting out sometimes more than I should or that I could. Um with my girls, you know, I didn't, oh God, well, I'm over it now. Okay, knock on wood, but I did not have huge teenage issues now that I look back. Um, each of them took a different part of me, which is very interesting. Um, and they just took it and ran with it. So mm -hmm. I, I think my oldest was definitely, you know, like there's no book. There's if, if there was just a book, just to tell me, just a book. Um, but once I did her birth chart, I was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, okay, now it all makes sense. That's the way I should have said that, or that's the way I could have said it, so that she understood and heard it differently. So I think me being a swim coach definitely has been a benefit because I learned that you can say things differently to people and they hear it. And I've learned how to say things differently to people so they hear it. So when I bring that into my every day, my every moment, I it's been huge. And that's how I that's how I deal. Now the last thing that I did, and I maybe should have started with this first, but I started speaking to myself differently as well. 
And that made a huge difference, a huge jump of evolution up, up the, 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 the scale. But that I was, I didn't even, it, it didn't even dawn on me to, to speak differently about myself, to take care of myself differently. Didn't even, didn't even dawn on me. And I just like, oh, light bulb. I'm sure it was in one of the meditations that I did with you and I kind of drifted off and it came back through to me. It doesn't, but it, it, I got it when I needed to get it. And um, that, that was a huge thing. So for me, that's it. That's, that's it. Just that, that's it. That is amazingly beautiful, Adrienne. I love that so much. Just the recognition of what is really at the core of this work is our relationship to ourselves. And again, I think a lot of times we don't even realize the type of relationship we have with ourselves, but the beauty is then you start speaking to you differently. You start loving you differently. And then that trickles out to how you're communicating with daughters, swim team, husband, animals, all, all across the board. Right. Um, gosh, that is really, really powerful <laughs> to say that way. Cause I, I don't think a lot of people consider that. So I have to ask you this one question. It's a beautiful segue to that that I'm asking all of the alchemists, who is your practice for? Mm. I think it depends on my season. At this particular season, my, my practice is for my ancestors, healing ancestral. Um, I feel like the next season for me will be more of, no, my next, I'm not even gonna say more of, I think, I think, no, my next session, my next season is going to be healing my, continuing to heal my connection with finances, just to how I feel about them. Cause you know, you get asked for money. <laughs> so just continuing to heal that, but my current, Time frame is an ancestor healing because it's just, and, and I think maybe it's the time of year, Thanksgiving, we all get together around the table. And I, I noticed that, oh, yeah. I noticed that like, a lot of times we get together with cousins and they all talk about, you know, how grandma used to do this and grandma used to yell at us about that and don't slam the door and don't do that. And it, it was like, well, you know what? What about the times that, you know, we did fun stuff? Like that's not always the first thing to come up. So I want to heal that ancestral um, portion so that I continue to bring forth, you know, how I built a birdhouse with granddaddy. He called me a booger head because I picked up the wrong nail, but that's okay. But you know, that to me was the important thing. That's the part that I want to continue to bring out or how, um, we had ice cream every Sunday in, in a bowl and it was the best vanilla ice cream ever, or how we would all get together and, and pray on Sunday morning. Like at the time I didn't get it at the time I didn't get it. And we would all wake up and we would all, he would pray. He would actually do a, the ritual at this point in time. I realized the ritual was so super important and I want to bring that forward for the ancestral healing. That is beautiful. And I have to ask you this since you frame it that way, because again, a lot of people um, as they come into this work at some point, do start to recognize the um, ability to do healing and um, working with the ancestors or 
um, healing ancestral um, patterns and behaviors or thought forms, whatever it may be. But I have to ask you in that work that you've been doing with focusing on this, what has it done for you? Like how, what have you noticed how it has really been a contribution to your personal healing? Like, can you give an example of how this has affected you and what it is that you hold? Well, I know that it's affected, and I didn't realize this. Somebody else had to say it to me, you're so peaceful. And I was like, really? Because that's what I was going for, but I didn't know it. So for me, that healing anything in the past and healing anything across the border is just a healing. It's like um, an additional blanket that you put down on the bed just to keep you nice and toasty and warm. Okay. It's just an additional layer for me. So personally, um, I was physically abused when I was younger. And when I started this work, it was like, you know, you got to forgive them. I'm like, what? Please. But I've gotten to the point where I forgive the action. Do I continue to connect with the person? No. But I, I forgive the act. Do I understand it? Not meant to, maybe not meant to, but I know that, and this doesn't sound right, but maybe it doesn't sound right. But if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't have been on the path that I'm currently on to make sure that other people speak, that other people mm-hmm. know their minds, that other people are, connect with themselves and know um, the importance of that self-connection and that don't look for it outside of yourself look for it in the mirror yes um so i that's that's what this work has done for me i have to tell I'm you my love many i i because this is something i know that you you shared um in the alchemy circle a long time ago maybe at least over a year ago and there's a part of me that has always wondered in the background like how you were working through the layers of that very um specifically and so yeah, it makes my heart smile to hear, um, you know, what your process has been with that. And I just wanted to ask you this because, you know, I, I have encountered it in with several clients and students, but I know that a lot of listeners have gone through similar situations. And what I have learned through this is that, you know, a big element of it is the reclaiming of the self and the disconnection from self that happens within that So could you share a little bit about that? Because you did mention just now, like the importance of like owning you and, you know, looking at your mirror, not looking for uh, whatever it may be outside of yourself. Was there any element in this process um, specific to healing that, that, that came up for you? Like the, the, was there any disassociation with the self? Did you go through a process of reclaiming the self? Like, could you just share a little bit about that, my love? Honey, honey, you don't have enough time for that. Um, I could not forgive myself, my body for responding. Your body responds, okay? I could not forgive my body for responding. It's like, how you knew it was wrong. How could you respond to that? And it was like, okay, wait. Even with my medical background, it was, I could not forgive my body for responding. And then it was like, you are not deserving of because your body did, your body let you down, your body did, knowing that it was, it's like, girlfriend, 
and see how I'm even talking to myself differently, girlfriend, you know? So from that's where it started. That's where the disconnect started. It was like, don't trust, don't trust your body. And that was a physical distrust. The verbal distrust, distrust started way back listening to, um, friends, listening to other people say, well, you know, you can't do that instead of, Oh, wow. Yeah. Let's see how that would look or what, let's see what it would look like. The encouragement I feel, and maybe it was that I didn't focus on the encouragement. Maybe I didn't hear the encouragement that was coming through. I definitely felt a safer um, community with those that didn't lift me, didn't encourage me. Somebody encouraged and I kind of like shy away. So the disconnect mentally happened then because it was like, I don't trust what my intuition is telling me because somebody just told me I didn't see what I just saw or I didn't feel what I just felt. Like, I know what I just felt, but being told I didn't. And, you know, they're older, so they must know they've lived longer. So that was the physical and the mental disconnect and the spiritual disconnect. And, I, you know, I'm reclaiming myself is I wrote that down because that just really it's hitting it's resonating with me reclaiming myself and reclaiming yourself is just a topic that is definitely going to come forward to me I can feel something coming brewing around that but that physical disconnect was huge and then I just didn't trust myself anymore at all and didn't believe I could make the right decision because my body had failed me so how could I make the right decision? And, and things just spiraled from there. Tower cards kept smacking me across the head and I wasn't listening. Um, but it was the physical disconnect. And this work allowed me to not judge, not blame, not shame. None of that. None of that. Your body did what it was supposed to do. It did what it was supposed to do. What are, you, are you seriously upset with that? And, and now I, I can giggle about it. So, I mean, I, I'm, I, I'm healing. I'm getting, it's a continual, it's a continual heal. That is so beautiful, Adrian. God, there's so many layers of that, which I'm definitely going to, um, I appreciate you sharing. I appreciate you sharing. And it is very inspiring to hear and to have watched your process for the last year or so? I don't know. How's it? I think it's been definitely two years? longer than that. Yeah. yeah. Three years now. Yeah. Yeah. But I know that um, all that you share, I'm sure like there are just different aspects of so much of what you shared today that will help to inspire a lot of people on their path, no matter what their path looks like. Um, also stepping out of that right and wrong, which you really emphasized at the beginning but overall also the beauty of mindfulness in this work and how no matter what our practice looks like in our own little private sector, when we go to sit alone or doing our Reiki techniques, whatever it may be, you really have um, expressed the beauty of how it shows up simply in our expression with everyone and everything that we encounter. And that in of itself is a beautiful message. So I can't thank you enough for all of this. Um, I wanted to be able to ask you about the animal Reiki, but maybe you'll just have to come back and we'll have to continue the conversation because there are so many nuggets you shared. But I want to make sure that people also know how to get in touch with you, to work with you, and what it is that you're offering nowadays. Because I know that you are such a creative soul and 
Yeah. So what is it that you offer? How can we get in connection with you? Um, okay. So it's www. It's empowering you for the number four life.com. Um, Instagram, you know, can you just check the link at the bottom? Cause like <laughs> I, I'm trying social media, but I just, I feel a disconnect with it. You know, like mm-hmm. it, I just feel a disconnect with it at this point in time. Um, but what I'm offering free right now, and I, I think that it's so super important is um, meditations, various meditations. I have um, 10 Reiki infused meditations. I also have a meditation to bring us into this season, and it's called Ocean Healing, to bring us into the season of uh, darkness, for lack of a better word. And, and yeah. I don't mean darkness in a bad sense. Um, I also have children's meditations that are on there because I think that letting them be empowered to know that their breath is so important to bring them into connection with themselves is, is huge. So there's, there's the free, free meditations there. I'm getting ready to do a set of free meditations for, for moms. Cause I know how much we need it too. Um, <laughs> And yeah, those are all free. I I do offer mindfulness courses as well. I think that mindfulness is really the beginning. It's really the first step. It's really the first layer. And even if it's just a mindfulness of what you want around you, if you don't know what you want to start with, with your ritual, the fact that you just want to have a ritual Mm -hmm. is big. And it right. could be, you know, just a moment of maybe sitting down and maybe just lotioning your hands and putting on your rings one at a time. That's mindfulness and it's mindfulness of how you feel. Um, so there's also a course on that. And then I teach a whole bunch of different things, basics on crystals, you know, like like how not to be overwhelmed by them, that kind of a thing. Um, <laughs> and, and astrology, totally love yeah. astrology. I, we didn't even get into astrology, but yeah. I know that. you're going to have to come back. I mean, really, truly, Adrian, because there are so many things that we need to have a discussion about and share with others. So I will make sure we come back, you come back, please. And we'll have discussions about astrology and um, practicing Reiki with animals and just again, there are just so many layers to um, the beautiful person that you are. And I know that you know, because I've told you before, but it has been an absolute gift getting to know you. I'm thankful that you are a part of my path, my journey. Um, I've learned so much from you (laughs) through your expressions and the alchemy circle. And, you know, it's just, it's a wonderful family that we have cultivated there. So I want to thank you for always showing up, being vulnerable, very honest. Okay. Very honest, (laughs) but also my love for coming to share with us here on the podcast in support of helping other practitioners worldwide. So thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. And one last thing to other practitioners, um, just be, you know, just be, just be it's yeah. And, it, and, and it's okay to change from day to day. Just be, you know? Yeah. How about seasons? I love that. Oh, oh well, that, there you go. It's all about seasons and where you are, owning where you are at any given time. That's what I wanted to talk to you about too. Like the cycles that we go through, because this is a big one we talk about in the alchemy circle, but I can tell you light up when we get into these layers of transformation. So 
honey, please take a note because you've got to come back so we can have a conversation about cycles, life, death, rebirth. Oh, we can talk oh, about animal oh. Reiki. We can talk about astrology, <laughs> all the things. So I just want to let everyone know listening as well. Don't forget, just all the links are down in the show description. You can go to empowering you, just the letter U, and then the number four, and then life spelled out.com, right? Yes. Yes. And that way you can find out all of the beautiful offerings that Adrian has, but everything is down in the show description. So be sure to click down there. Thank you so much, my love. And for Thank everyone you. else. Cooper journey. says bye. Oh, bye, Cooper. Yeah, you heard him in the background. If you're not watching the video, that's the beautiful talk that you heard in the background. It's okay. <laughs> Have a gorgeous day. And remember to always journey in love. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I'm so thankful that you joined us this week for another beautiful conversation. This series that I've called the Alchemy of Reiki, highlighting the stories, the experiences, and expressions of members of the Alchemy Circle. And I want to thank Adrian so much for coming to share, allowing me to ask her so many questions to share with all of you in hopes that it will resonate with you and support you on your path as well. Um, again, just want to remind you, if you have any questions for Adrian, want to work with Adrian, you can find her contact information down in the show description. One of the easiest ways to connect with her is to visit Empowering You For Life. That's empowering and then the letter U, the number four, life. And again, that will be down in the show description. I also want to remind you again, if you would like to join us in the Alchemy Circle, you can find out more information about membership on my website, theenergeticalchemist.com. And while we have a plenty of live events that you will have an invitation to join live, I understand that it's hard with, you know, so many different schedules and time zones to have a schedule that accommodates everyone. So we do meet on Tuesday mornings and Thursday evenings as of right now. Um, one thing that is consistent is that we have live events the second Sunday of each month. But um, no matter what you're able to do, what your schedule allows, all of our events are recorded. And so you can always go back and listen to the classes and the other events that we have within your own time. And you have access as long as your membership is active including so many classes. <laughs> There's so much content for you to access. So I look forward to meeting some of you. Um, looking forward to welcoming, welcoming you to the Alchemy Circle. Again, thank you to Adrian and all of the beautiful alchemists who showed up for this series. And we will see you next week with another conversation to support you on your path. I thank you so much for being here. And remember to always journey in love.